Welcome to Crazy Good Talks with Deirdre Van Nest. In this podcast, we help growth-oriented financial advisors, leaders, sales professionals, and experts stand out and own the room every time they speak. Deirdre will empower you to grab and keep the attention of any audience, live or virtual, make emotional connections with your listeners, and inspire them to take action. Join us on this journey where Deirdre will empower you to become a more confident presenter and knock it out of the park when you speak. Energy and the internet. That could be a pretty tough combo. But keeping the energy moving is key to keeping your audience engaged during a webinar. Now, Deirdre, in part one of this series, you're going to share the formula you have for this. So come on, girl, share. All right, I'll share. But first, a little story. Uh, So I was at lunch with two clients recently, and I made a comment and I said, you know, I actually love delivering virtual presentations. I actually get a lot of energy from them. And one of the clients looked at me and she said, how how do you do that? I get energy from them sometimes, but other times it feels like it's pulling teeth because the audience is dead. So how do you increase your engagement? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I have felt that too, right? I mean, that that definitely happens sometimes, but you don't want that to be the, the majority. You want that to be the exception and not the rule. So in today's podcast, you're going to learn my go-to formula. This is one of my secret weapons for getting and keeping your audience engaged during your virtual presentations so that you and they walk out feeling energized. Now, truth be told, this is the exact same formula I use and I teach my clients to use when crafting messages for a live presentations. Um, some of the strategies will be a little bit different. There'll be some tweaks, but I will point those out as I go. So what I don't want you to do is only use this on your on your virtual presentations. I want you to use this when, when we get back in person consistently. I want you to be using that there as well. So before I jump into the formula, Patrice, there's one thing you have to be thinking about when you're delivering a virtual presentation. Mm -hmm. You can't be looking at the computer as a computer. That's fair. Yeah. You have to actually, and you did radio forever, so you probably get this. (laughs) I would love actually a few tips and tricks from you, Um, but you have to look at the eye of the camera on your computer or whatever kind of camera you're using as a human. Yes. So for me, I typically think about one of my favorite clients as the person I'm giving the presentation to. So I actually see their face in my head when I'm looking into the eyes of the camera and I'm imagining that that's their eyes. So I'm actually seeing them on the other side of the camera. Perfect. Um, I do have a hack for that, but first, do you have any tips and tricks With that piece, Patrice? That is exactly it. Only in radio, you have to see them right in front of your eyes. While you're looking at your script, imagine them not just in front of your eyes, but in your head. They're in your head. You are talking to one person, one person at the time. Yes, I love that. I love that. Now, some people have said to me, all right, I get that in concept, but it's really, it's difficult. I I have a hard time visualizing. So what I recommend you do, and I I think I've mentioned this before in a different context, but I recommend you print out a picture of someone you like and cut out their face, put it on a popsicle stick and stick it behind the camera. That's kind of freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, whatever works. Don't do something you hate. It gets freaky when it's someone you don't like. So, um, right, no putting pins in it or anything like that. Um, You know, throwing darts at it, but 
But do that until you get to the point where you can visualize the human being without having a physical photo there. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So that that step one is 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 realizing you're actually talking to human beings. And imagine again, like Patrice said, just one human being. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. Now, I'm going to say something, and this is going to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not. And I'll explain why in a moment. One of the things that I am supremely confident about when I get booked for a speaking engagement, and you know, I'm talking with the host about why I would be a great fit for their, their event, is that I can keep the attention of the audience. I can keep their attention live. I can keep their attention virtually. I can keep it for an hour. I can keep it for a half day. I can keep it for a day. And oftentimes I will have people come up to me or, or send me an email when I've presented for a half day or a full day and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I paid attention for that long. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And, and I treasure that. But here's yeah. why I know it sounds like I'm bragging, but here's why I'm hoping uh, you can understand I'm not bragging. I'm not saying this to brag. Why I'm bringing this up is it's not because I am some superhuman who is you know, so engaging that I can keep people's attention for four and eight hours. It's because I actually have a formula Mm -hmm. for keeping the energy moving. I'll describe what that is in a moment. So a formula for keeping the energy moving during the presentation so that people are enjoying it and they're able to stay emotionally connected and engaged. Does that make sense, Patrice? When you say keeping the energy moving, what do you mean? Yeah. So here's what I mean by that. How long do you think the average adult can pay attention for, assuming they're interested in what you're talking about and they actually like you? Oh, geez. I would hope. (laughs) I would hope all day, but I don't think that's the case. No. It's about seven to 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's about seven to 10 minutes. So what this means is you have to move, and I'll I'll define what I mean by that in a minute. Mm -hmm. You have to move the energy at a minimum every seven to 10 minutes in a presentation. Now, I like to keep the energy moving the whole way through. Personally, when I present the energy, it's probably every three to five minutes, I'm keeping the energy moving, but at a minimum, every seven to 10 minutes. So what does that mean? We're going to actually get into the formula in a moment, but Mm -hmm. what it means from a like a 60,000 foot view is you're doing different things to mm-hmm. emotionally engage them and and keep them sort of like on their toes. Okay. Okay? So you're not just going into lecture mode. Like you're one dimensional. Okay, does that makes sense. We want to be yes. multifaceted and multidimensional. So this is why when we talk about scripting, right? We, we just uh, did an episode on, on scripting or, or, or not to script, to script or not to script. And I mm-hmm. think it was episode 12 off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it was episode 12 off the top of my head. One of the benefits to planning out your content is you, you give yourself the time to plan on how you're going to keep your energy moving. That generally, until this becomes a muscle and you've done so many reps that it's natural, like it's become a muscle for me now, it's natural, but that took several years. Until it's natural, you're going to want to plan it out because that isn't something that would come naturally for most people. Most people, when we get into 
you know, delivering content mode, we're just kind of delivering that information. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not able to think about on the fly, well, how do I make this super engaging? How do I make this emotional? How do I kind of keep them on their toes? How do I keep them moving? Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I assume it means a lot of practice. It definitely means a lot of practice and it means a lot of repetition. But the great news is there's a formula. Now, that being said, I don't want to discount delivery. So, yes, you do want to also add emphasis. Like I was saying, it's not because I'm superhuman. I do tend to be a more animated deliverer, if you will. Mm -hmm. And if you are more animated and more emphatic, you have more pauses and vocal inflection and variety, you will be able to keep people's attention longer. But that alone will never do it. And in fact, someone who has their content structured in a way that keeps the audience moving, Patrice, that keeps the energy moving, excuse me, Patrice, Mm -hmm. but has maybe not as an energetic or animated delivery style will actually be able to keep the attention better than someone whose content isn't really good or is all over the place who has great delivery. Interesting. So you've got to keep them guessing. Yeah, you just got to keep them engaged. It's not even so much guessing as it is keep them engaged. Okay. And you got to keep shifting how you're presenting your ideas. Sounds like a plan. So this episode is going to be part one. And in this episode, I'm going to outline the four-part formula for keeping the energy and moving and keeping your audience engaged. And then I will take a deeper dive in this episode on the first part of the formula. And then the next episode will be part two, where we'll do a quick review of the entire formula. And then I'll take a deeper dive on parts two, three, and four. But before we get into the formula, I do have a listener shout out. And I'm really excited about this shout out because it actually punctuates what we're talking about today. So this is from Lady, and I hope I'm saying this right, Murta, M-U-E-R-T-A. What do you think? Murta, I think. Lady Murta. Murta? Yeah. Lady Murta. I don't have that little accent (laughs) I need there. And she says, I love this podcast. I have never really found anyone that I could listen to for that long or multiple episodes. Keep rocking it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and this is why, because when I am putting together any piece of content, my podcast, a presentation, an article, we just did an interview, uh, an episode with Ross Marino, and he, he used his book. Um, he used, right. he used this formula for his book. Like I'm always using this formula. So well, she and is then spot she, on. She's spot right? on there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then she says, amazing content, valuable takeaways and knowledgeable speakers. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate your shout out. So I want to give you a shout out, Lady Muerta <laughs> and, um, keep listening, keep listening. And if you ever have a question, send us a question on LinkedIn and we'd love to answer it here directly on the show. Okay, so four-part formula. I call this the CETA formula. C-E-T as in Tom, A, the CETA formula. So C stands for conversation. When you are delivering a presentation, any type of content, you want to make sure that you sound conversational in nature. Mm-hmm. So there's several elements to this. And Patrice, you and I touched on this 
a few minutes ago when we both said, you know, you want to you want to imagine you're talking to one person. So the mistake that a lot of presenters make, and this is uh, when they're in front of a group, but also in a podcast, also when they're doing video, is that they speak as if they're talking to a whole group of people. True, and, true. and you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So let's just look at a let's look at a live presentation for a moment and then we'll, we'll we'll transfer this to the online world. Have you ever been to a presentation, Patrice, where you felt like the speaker was talking right to you? Probably once or twice, but not the case as usual, no. It's not the usual. No. But when they do, it's like, oh my gosh. Yes. Right? Like yes. wow. They, they they hit a home run when that happens. Yes. So one of the things that that speaker is likely doing is instead of lumping you in with a whole group of people, they're actually saying the word you. It's that simple? It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's a couple of tips. And Well, here's the thing. It's simple, but not easy to do from a languaging standpoint. So let's look at some tips first. So, so the first tip is that most people don't want to feel like they're part of a big group. Right? They want to feel special. They want to feel like an individual. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk to people the same way you would talk with someone if you're sitting across from them having a cup of coffee. And one of the ways to do that, instead of lumping everyone together, saying things like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you has everybody, anybody, things like that, you want to use the word you, the singular you, as much as possible. You, 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 you. One of the ways that you can start getting good at this and start practicing this is to use what my mentor, Craig Valentine, calls the hallway test. And I was thinking about this, Patrice. I, I know I've talked about this you concept before on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if I did the hallway test or not, but I don't think we'll, so. we'll do it again. We'll do it again because it can never hurt. So, Patrice, let's pretend you and I are passing each other in a hallway. There's okay. nobody else in the hallway. <laughs> right. Okay. And I say to you, hey, Patrice. How's everybody doing today? Oh, but that's everybody. Yeah, and you're and you're like, well, who are you talking about? Right? You're like, yeah, you're like looking around, wondering if there's someone inside I me. See. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. So if I said to you, "Hey, Patrice, how are you doing today?" Ah, uh, then I respond. Then you respond because because you, you know I'm talking to you. So it's the same when you're on the stage or you're on video, or you're delivering a podcast, you want to use the language you would use if you were passing one person in a hallway. I like that. So yeah, so let's say you were asking your audience a question, right? And you wanted to know, let's say I wanted to know, I wanted to know if you had ever thought about hosting your own podcast. That's what I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. And let's say I'm I'm doing this, you know, I'm not saying that to you as a person, one person, I'm presenting this to a group and maybe I'm presenting it on a video or I'm presenting it on a podcast or, or live. What most speakers would do is they would say, how many of you have ever thought about hosting your own podcast? Right. Right. That's how they would do it. When you do that, you lost the you. you, you you've lost the the personalization. You've lost the there's no one else in this room. You're lumping everybody together. You're lumping everyone together. So you don't want to ask the question that way. You could just say, have you ever thought of hosting your own podcast? Or if you wanted people to raise their hand, because that's why people do the how many. They want the, the audience members to raise their hand. 
Okay. Typically. So you could say something like, raise your hand if you've ever thought of hosting your own podcast. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. if I were doing this in a, uh, a webinar, I would do one of two things. I could say, raise your hand. And, you know, most platforms have a virtual hand. Or if, you're, if, you can, if people have cameras on, you could see it. So you could still do the raise your hand. Or a lot of times I'll say, type in the chat if you've thought about hosting your own podcast. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. personal. That's yeah. personal. So I just want to, I really want to challenge you to be catching your language and really practicing using the singular you. And I know you said it can be that simple, but it's not easy because these patterns are ingrained for decades of saying things like anybody, everybody, each of yeah. you, how many of you. And so it's just a matter of like, I, I like to tell my private clients, if you if you just do it even 10% better each time you present, like you'll get there. All right. It's true. We yeah. do talk, we try to speak to the group. We don't try to individualize it. Indiv- exactly. And, and video, really please with video, please individualize it because that's a situation where nine times out of 10, the person is sitting alone. Yes, the yes. Yeah, that's true. Well, same with the podcast, right? Same with the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's even odder to put them together in a group because they're not. They're alone. That's very true. And podcasts are very intimate. It is yes. one-on-one. Yes. It is one-on-one. Absolutely. Okay, so that's one piece to being conversational is imagining and talking like you're sitting across from one person having a cup of coffee. The other piece is really avoiding any type of insider language, AKA jargon. Hmm. It's avoiding using words and phrases that your listener would not typically use in their everyday language. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of, you know, a lot of my listeners for the podcast are in financial services and you have to really watch yourself on this. You're probably, probably one of the bigger offenders on this because you do have a whole language of your own. And what happens is when you spend time immersed in an industry where everybody's talking the same, you carry those words out into the outside world. They become your language. Exactly. They become your language, but you have to realize that the outside world doesn't speak your language. So it's sort of be like, if I was in Russia and I'm speaking English and I'm super confused that no one can really understand what I'm saying, or they're not connecting with me emotionally, but they don't speak English. Like they speak a little bit of English, but they speak mostly Russian. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't, it, it would make sense yeah. why I wasn't making the connection I want. Yeah. So it's the same thing. But unfortunately, when you're immersed inside an industry, you don't even realize that you speak a different language. Like you've lost sight of the fact that you sound so different. And it's, it's like, it's like little words too. It's, it's not even, it's not even real academic terms. I mean, when I'm working with advisors and we're writing their stories or critiquing presentations, I'm saying, Hey, get the words holistic financial planning out of your language, (laughs) right? Your, your, your listener does not know what that means. That's right. Jargon. (laughs) So I had a client the other day and I was critiquing his video script and he used the word comprehensive planning. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? 
And so if you have to ask, what does that even mean? Like if a 10-year-old would ask you, and that's the test, a 10-year-old, if a 10-year-old would say, what does that mean? You either have to describe what it means or you just, you don't use it and you favor a different word. Oh, okay. 10-year-old test. A 10-year-old test. I love it. The 10-year-old test. It has to pass the 10-year-old test. So you want to, the best thing you can do, quite frankly, is filter your language through someone who's not in your industry. Because someone in your industry is not going to catch it. So regardless of the industry you're in, ask someone who's not in your industry if they understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay? So no jargon. And then um, the third is make sure you, you talk like you talk, not like you write. That is very important in radio, too. Yeah. Say, tell us more about that. Well, it's best to write the script as you would speak. Exactly. So, so you have a script, you are reading from that script or using it to paraphrase, but you are, have written it so it's a conversation. It's how you would present this to someone in front of you. And it's, it's totally different. It's not, a, it's not complete sentences necessarily. <laughs> it's, it's got and ellipses yeah. all over the place. That's exactly it. So when I have a script that I'm writing for speaking, I'll, I'll start a sentence with the word and. Mm-hmm. And I'll end with the word with. Mm-hmm. Right? Can happen. Yeah. And so make sure you speak like you speak, not like you write. Um, if you're someone who struggles with this, I recommend that you dictate your presentations, your video scripts, rather than typing them out, because that will help you eliminate you know, writing it in a written format and then speaking mm-hmm. the written format. So along with this, this, this is, is kind of like a sub part of this idea of speaking like you speak, not like you write. Make sure unless your brand, your personality is sort of an overly formal person, make sure you're not speaking in this academic, overly formal, stiff tone of voice or using words that tend to be more formal written words. You, that- you, you, yeah, you do want to be a bit more casual. What were you going to say there, Patricia? I was going to say everybody kind of has to find their own voice. Yes. And don't be surprised if a more casual version of you, the version that sits around with your friends, is the more pleasing version to an audience. Hmm. I've, I've had to learn that over the years. And what I can tell you is that every year, now I've been doing this since 2008, every year I've become less formal and more and more myself, and I've gotten better and better, and I'm getting better reviews year after year. And when I say better reviews, what I mean by that is I'm, I, I, I'm making a better, deeper connection with the audience. The less formal I get. Now, that does not mean unprofessional or unpolished. It just means like really showing up authentically as you. And people, you know, in my mind, what I want people to walk away with is I want them to feel like I'm their friend, like I'm walking alongside of them and I'm their friend and I'm here to help them. Not that I'm some expert up on a pedestal. Deidre, that that's really great information. That's all about the conversation part, the C of the C-E-T-A. So what about quickly the E-T-A? Because that's what you're going to focus on in part two of this series. That's right. The E-T-A, E stands for experience, T stands for thinking, and A stands for application. So in part two, we'll do a little review of this, in case you forget, between then and now. And then (laughs) we'll take a deep dive on the E, the T, and the A. 
That sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And listener, if you need an energy jumpstart, you obviously need Deirdre. She's better than any energy drink in a can. Connect with her on this podcast. Comment, ask questions, follow, subscribe. There's a little button on the page. Share her energy and insight with friends. I'm Patrice Sikora. We'll talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered in this podcast represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Accelerated Performance, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 